Where do Jerry and his wife Gail have a timeshare? Answer at the end of the episode. The citizens of Pawnee. I'm heard happily, and I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. And I will call my new Italian fast casual eatery the Locale Cow Zone. Zone. You can trust me because I don't care enough about you to lie. Everything I do is the attitude of an award winner because I've won an award. I made my money the old fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian, and I will be your host. This is episode number 85, being recorded Saturday, August 19th, 2023, and today I'm going to be doing a recap of season two. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Podcast, as well as my other page, at Parks Rec Memes. And just a reminder, this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. So what's going on, everyone? How are you? Wonderful, lovely day here in uh, the Midwest on this Saturday afternoon. It's just completely beautiful out. Actually, like, my daughter Natalie, she had her first soccer game this year. Or not not, not this year, the first soccer game of this uh, season. And I guess the fall season, because she actually already did play earlier this year for spring. But her first game for fall, uh, they lost. Not shocking. Not saying anything against Natalie. I just feel like lately she's just been on bad teams. And it was like, it was was pretty even, actually. It was like 2-2 for most of the game. And then the other team scored like 7 goals in like what would seem like 30 seconds. I don't think it was 7 goals, but it was probably like 5 or 6. So Um, anyway, yay, soccer is back. And I'm not, like, particularly a fan of soccer. In fact, I don't really like soccer at all. I don't know. Actually, that's not true. I mean, maybe because of, like, Welcome to Wrexham and uh, Ted Lasso, like, the TV shows. I mean, I can... I appreciate soccer. It, it's, like, a tough sport. But, I mean, it's just not not exciting enough for me. Not enough, like, point scoring or whatnot. But, anyway. So, what else is new? Yeah, actually not new. But, uh, speaking of Natty and I, this is, like, our summer of smoothies. Like... She learned how to make them, and she just loves making them. So my wife will go to, um, again, Seco. Remember from last week, Seco. Not Costco and not Costco. But, uh, yeah, she'll buy the uh, the big-ass fruit bags. So Natalie loves making smoothies. She's just gotten really good at that. So the other night we were making them, and it was just like, man, I had probably, like, we made a huge batch, like, fucking way too much. And my stomach was hurting for, like, the next, I don't know, two days, <laughs> something like that. Because I think I had, like, three giant smoothies just because I was like, well, I mean, I got to drink what's left. Uh, bad choice. Bad choice, Bri. Speaking of smoothies, I remember, man, years back, literally, like, 20 years probably, um, when I uh, I was still living with my parents. Their neighbor, uh, shout out to Andy. I know he's not listening, but great guy. Uh Speaking of summer of smoothies, man, there was a year when he was doing that, except it was like vodka smoothies. And there was one time it was just me and him, and it was like a full handle of like Kettle One. And um, yeah, that was a completely different kind of smoothie then, because this time it was like Natalie and I going through the fridge. It's like, should we do banana? It's like, oh, we got to do banana. And then we obviously the, the fruit that was dumped, like that came from like the frozen bag mix. And it's like, we're throwing like 
raspberries in there, orange, uh, lemon, lime, artichoke. I'm just fucking around. No, we did throw a raspberry in, though. But the other stuff, um, that would be disgusting. And it becomes like a, like a green, ugh, one of those shakes you get at, like, the healthy places. Ugh! We don't make those around here. When we make smoothies, it's three and a half teaspoons of sugar uh, or more. So, you know, it was weird. I was at work the other day. I do work at a school and it was like a passing period. So I was walking by and there was two kids walking behind me. I say kids, but they're teenagers, but they're like kind of like giggling. and like talking to themselves and I'm just like, what? Like they're kind of like behind me, but off to the side a little bit. And the one's just like, I like your neck. And I was flattered and terrified at the same time because it's like, I mean, if he's a vampire or something, it's just like, well, thank you. You know, like there's thousands of necks at this place and you chose mine. But um, yes, I don't know. That was just kind of weird. What do you guys think? Hey, you know, send your thoughts to uh, citizensofpawny at gmail.com. Anyway, let's get into filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense and he's fooling them. All right. So I talked about this last week. I want to talk a little more about succession so uh last week i had watched i think i don't remember how many i watched but right now i am on season two episode four i believe i'm like halfway through it i was watching it last night i fell asleep but uh my thoughts so far again my thoughts on these characters have not changed at all these are the most arguably i mean like these the i feel <laughs> i'm not trying to oversell it but like the characters on succession make, to me, they make the characters in Game of Thrones look like fucking sweethearts, because, and I think the main thing is because, like, in Game of Thrones, it was, like, this was a barbaric time, so it's, like, a lot different, there isn't, you know, there, there was no, like, well, there was court systems, I guess, but it was a lot easier, like, if someone pissed you off to just fucking lop his head off, where in this world, obviously, there's, you could go to prison, and things like that, well, whatever, but it's, so it is, it's still tough to watch at times because you're not rooting for anyone. There's no one on this show that, like, in all honesty, like, Shiv, maybe, but she still sucks. I mean, like, her and her husband have an open relationship, but it just seems so much like he doesn't want that, but he's just so pathetic that it's, like, to keep... And I know she does love him. Like, they, they're, like, they're, they're, um, I would say their character development or, like, their story, like, they're couple development whatever has gotten stronger and I really do feel now like Shiv does love Tom because I thought it seemed like in the first season at first that he was literally just like a puppet like like she might have even like been gay I was thinking at first but it's like no she really loves men she pretty much fucks everyone that gets in her way not even gets in her way she's just like hey and Tom knows this like I said but again it just doesn't seem like I don't know Tom is arguably a character I like, and also Cousin Greg. I talked about these two last week. I feel like half the time they're on screen, it's just complete nonsense, and it's it's like irrelevant, and it's trying to be like comic relief, but it sucks. And like, Tom is such an asshole sometimes, but at the same time, I love him and Greg's relationship because Tom is, again... He's borderline pathetic. Like a lot of the characters in this show, they just all have money, but they are, they're all, Shiv is pretty powerful. She's a very, very powerful person. I mean, I don't want to say powerful. Her dad's powerful, but Shiv is very strong-willed. Uh, Kendall is a zombie so far in season two because something, I'm not going to spoil it, but something terrible happened at the end of season one involving Kendall 
and his dad knows about it, but they covered it up, and Kendall has to comply with his dad, basically. He has to fucking do whatever his dad says, you know, and it's, so it's, it's actually, it's turned him into a very non-compelling character, because it's like, he's just like, evil now. Before he was like, kind of a dickhead, but you like, you could kind of like him a little bit. Like me, I could relate to him because, you know, he was a recovering addict. I'm not a recovering addict, but I am, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And they just completely took that away. They just had him fall off the wagon, which, you know, that happens. But I mean, for me, it's just more like, a, uh, it's like one more thing that's like, man. And he just like went so full bore with it and he's still doing it. I mean, like it's helping him. You can tell he's more focused and he's like doing his job better. But he's just, I, I can't stand this character. I've never liked Kendall. And maybe I said last week that I liked the actor Jeremy Strong, or maybe I said I didn't. I said he was good in the big short. But in this show, I do not like this character at all. Um, also, uh, I will get back to Cousin Greg and Tom in a second. I know I went way off course. But uh, Roman, uh, Kieran Culkin, fuck that guy. There, again, not one, not one one elf i love you i know he's your favorite character but i'm sorry i hate this guy when he's on screen it's just like one smarmy remark after the next just you just you want this guy to get his ass kicked so bad i'm sorry i'm not trying to like promote violence or anything but like in this tv show you just want him to get his ass beat it's, I mean, like, literally every comment he has is insulting, condescending, you know, just shitty, whatever. And then uh, the oldest brother, Connor, talk about a waste of time. Good Lord. And I know I'm shitting all over this show, but I, I do, I do really enjoy this show. It's just the characters are so fucking hard to like, <laughs> and I just need to, like, vent about them. But Connor... Uh, Alan Ruck, I think is his name. Again, he's the guy who plays Cameron in Ferris Bueller. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's had like a really great career. But on this show, he, and again, pathetic. He has like a hooker girlfriend that he paid. And it's just, he's so like, I, I don't know. It's like anytime he's on, I just want to fast forward. But it's like, I have to leave it just because it's like, maybe he'll say something important. But usually nothing he says or does impacts anything. So, I mean, like, that's probably going to change at some point. But yeah, right now he is just a completely worthless time waste of a character. Back to Greg and Tom, the two characters that I do like. So Tom can be like a complete asshole, but I feel like he really needs to have some kind of power. And the only power he has is like that he can boss Greg around. However, it, it is shitty, but like they have an understanding and like he will, he will like thank Greg, you know, he'll like, you know, cause it's great. Like Greg, come on, man. You're like, you're my wingman. You got to help me look good. So Greg wants to help him out, but Greg, uh, he's also like starting to stand up for himself more. Like, I don't want to work for this branch of the company because it's like a bunch of shit bags. Um, this, this is against everything I stand for. And this kid was like, he just started off in a bad situation, just kind of a loser. But it's like, if you can just stay with your family, you know, you're not born into family, but like his cousins, so extended family. But like, if you can just stay with these people, I mean, I know it's going to suck. Like, they're bad people, but it's like, you can make a lot of money and you can be like happy. But so Tom and his relationship, like, I do feel that it's like the most genuine thing on the show. It's better than his relationship with Shiv, I think. But they, um, yeah, they just, they like, 
sorry spoilers for succession again this show is over and i'm on season two so i'm like talking three four years ago so i apologize if you haven't seen this but shiv like cheated on tom and greg found out about it and he was trying to tell tom and tom was like no fuck off man that's not true he knew it was true but like he was just trying to like I think he was just more embarrassed. So he was trying to tell trying to tell Greg, like, oh shut up, you don't know what you saw, you don't know what you saw. And so like after something happened like that had to do with that, Tom like gave Greg a nod. Like and it was just really cool. Like just you know he was it was like he was telling me he's like, I believe you, man. Like I I know you knew and I appreciate you telling me. And then Greg did something really bad that Tom helped him cover up. So it's just it's and they have like a really I, I think their dialogue is hilarious because Tom is just so, hey, buddy, yeah. He's like, hey, Greg, stop flirting with the hell. Like, I don't know it sounds like, but there, if I have to pick likable characters, but Greg is just so bumbling and annoying at times because it's always, oh, like, should I, like, go across, like, the street and, like, uh, I mean, like, and they're just like, Greg, get the fuck out of here. He's like, right, yeah, but, like, uh, maybe, like, it'd be cool if I, like, stayed. Like Greg, get the fuck out of the room. He's like, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go. But like, what if, uh, yeah. So, yeah. But um, and then like, does does any? I know a lot of you watch Arrested Development, one of the greatest comedies of all time. If you don't watch it, you have to check this out. I was talking with someone on um, Instagram about this uh, earlier in the week, but Succession is to me like an evil version of Arrested Development because Arrested Development and Succession essentially have the same core thing. You've got a very powerful family where, God, the first episode on both shows starts off with the dad essentially fucking over the son because the son was going to take over the company and then the dad just essentially being like, you know, whatever, it's different on Arrested Development. He gives the company of the mom instead. On Succession, the dad just says, no, I'm going to stay on. So they screw him over. You've got, in both shows, three brothers and one sister. Um, one of them that may be adopted. Uh, Lin- not, or actually, not adopted, or that may not have the same pair. Actually, Lindsay, on Arrested Development, we find out, is adopted. Now, on Succession, Elf, you'll have to maybe hit me up on this. Is is Connor, a, does he have a different mom or something because in in season one they said like one of them said your mom which makes me think that it's unless he was saying look well your mother just talking like that or if he literally meant your mom meaning not my mom your mom so i don't know but because like for shiv's wedding we met their mom and it was actually way less impactful than i thought it was going to be because i thought like in the in early on there uh, when they thought the dad was going to die actually in like episode 2 or whatever they were like kind of eulogizing him just in case they were getting him ready and um what's his name kendall was like oh you got to rewrite this you didn't mention anything about my mom so then i'm thinking it's like okay the mom passed away or something because obviously if the dad cuz the dad's a shitbag too i didn't even talk about him he's the worst one on the fucking show but <clears throat> Um, yeah, thinking that the dad would want something about her in there. It's like, oh, maybe it's like his true love. And he is remarried to Marsha. Marsha's okay, I guess. She doesn't bug me that much, but she does seem like devious <laughs> in some way. So I'm not sure if Connor is, uh, 
actually their brother. Or I mean, he's the, the he's the dad's son. I just don't know if maybe he has a different mom. Um, I also like that. I, I like Greg, who I was just talking about, reminds me of like George Michael with the whole like very stumbling and bumbling and blah, 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 blah. and then uh, on both shows, the daughter of the family is married to like a pathetic kind of like joke of a man. And again, I hate to say that about Tom because Tom is competent, but like everything he has is only because he's married to Shiv. And then in Arrested Development, you have, of course, one of the greatest TV characters ever, Tobias Funke, played by David Cross, uh, as just like, again, the kind of gay, not gay, very confused. Uh, he always, like, everything he says comes off like sexual, but he doesn't get it. And just Google this character, watch some YouTube stuff if you don't watch Arrested Development. Seriously, one of the funniest characters of all time. So again, I highly recommend this show, even though I know it sounds like I hate it so much. And I do, there are times when I'm like watching it just pissed off because like the characters are just so fucking mean and rude and just like ugh, so entitled. And uh, But anyway, it's, it's a great show, so I highly recommend it. But uh, let's talk about Parks and Rec. So before I get into season two, I want to just talk about the uh, Parks Rec memes page on Instagram. So over there this week, I was having a little fun and I uh, did a, a poll. I haven't done a tournament in quite a while. And this one was the funniest name on Parks and Rec. So if you've seen uh, these tournaments before or if you haven't, it's basically I just pick eight on one side and on the other and I do it like March Madness style. It's just single elimination. I put the poll on Instagram and uh, people just vote. So uh, for the first round, it was pretty sweet um, and I got a lot of votes. I appreciate it. Uh, everyone who did vote, there was uh, around like 1,700 people who voted like all the way through for all eight rounds. Uh, so real quick. Uh, the first round was Barney Var Again, this is funniest name. So Barney Varm versus Oren. Uh, Barney won that round. Next one was Brandy Max versus Jeremy Jam. Brandy Max won that one. Dennis Feinstein versus Derry Murbles. Derry Murbles, if you uh, forgot, he is the character that is, uh, he's the DJ in Pawnee, but he's not like the shock jock. He's the other one that's Hello, I'm Derry Murbles. It's played by Dan Castellaneta, who's Homer Simpson. But yeah, he's the one that like Leslie's on there a couple times. He's the ball guy with the glasses and just has a really weird show. But anyway, great name. So Derry Murbles literally, literally beat Dennis Feinstein by one vote. And when I went on to check, it was like... 851 to 851 something like that either way it was deadlocked and I went and I tallied up the other ones and then I came back to that one like two minutes later and one more person voted so Derry, Mur Derry Murbles literally won by one and then the final one in that in that side is uh officer Randy Kilnose he's the one that's always fucking with Ben versus Shauna Malway Tweep and Shauna won and then the uh, the other side was Perd Habley wow Purd Happily versus Mona Lisa Saperstein. Purd won that one. Uh, Ethel Beavers versus Chance Friendlum. Friendlum. He's the uh, the citizen of Pawnee that's always like, your, your daughter is an idiot. Your daughter is an idiot. Uh, Ethel Beavers won that one. Typhoon Montalban versus John Ralphio Saperstein. John Ralphio won that. And then the final one, Anyone Lurpus versus Roscoe Santangelo and uh, the Lurpus family won. So round two, which is going on right now, is Barney versus Brandy Max. Uh, Derry Murbles versus Shauna Malway-Tweep. Purd Happily versus Ethel Beavers. 
and then John Ralphio versus uh, the Lerpus family. Speaking of the Lerpus family, kind of came to my attention when I posted this that a lot of people didn't know. And and it's not like I'm like, you didn't know that. I mean, like the amount of research I've done on this show is disgusting. But the Lerpus family is, I did an episode on them. It was like episode 20, something like that. It was was a long time ago. Uh, I was listening to it actually the other day and it's like, oh my God, my early episodes suck so bad. (laughs) So if you recommend the show to anyone, tell them to just start listening from like maybe five or six episodes ago where my, where where it's not, where I, I don't talk, um like this the whole time and um wait a minute oh wait never mind okay uh okay so back to the okay so back to the lerpus family uh the lerpus family as described by michael shore is <laughs> a dynastic but also completely powerless family in Pawnee. And it's one of my favorite quotes because it's just so funny how he uses the word dynastic but then also completely powerless like No one ever thought they had power, but I just love that. Yeah, there's like the Newport family and stuff, and then there's the Lurpuses. So the Lurpuses that they have shown in the show that I was able to find, there's Herman Lurpus. He's the dude who's always got the black tank top on, and he's like uh, the blue jeans, like with all the tattoos. There's Dennis Lurpus, who was played by Dennis, or uh, Dennis, Jason Schwartzman. He was the one that owned uh, the, the Pawnee Videodome. There's Bjorn Lurpus. He's the one that's always asking about like Paunchburger. And then he's in an, uh, a season three episode, actually the one, the one where Andy and April are pretend like they're trying to get all the free stuff. And Andy's in the bathroom, like being a bathroom attendant. And the dude comes in and he gives him like five bucks and Andy gives him nothing. <laughs> so uh, there's Morris Lurpus. He's the one that's always watching like TV shows and stuff on his phone. And he's like, the kind of uh, uppity one, like he works at the of the video arcade when Anne tries uh, getting the teddy bear. Uh, <laughs> these these names are just so good. Jacquees upon Gretzky Lurpus, and then his wife, I'm guessing Karen Lurpus Gretzky. I lo- their names are both hyphenated, and they're both like one's Gretzky Lurpus, the other is Lurpus Gretzky. I love how progressive they are. But they're the couple in the episode Farmers Market where. They, uh, the woman picks up a little piece of broccoli and she's like, oh my God, I can't believe they make trees this little. And then the husband picks up cauliflower and he's like, oh, this one looks like it's dead. And it just shows Leslie and she's like appalled. She's like, I can't believe these idiots. Uh, there's Kurt Lurpus. Kurt is the one who, uh, he's the rabbi at John Ralphio's fake funeral in season seven. And then... He's actually also little the fake little Sebastian in the episode Leslie and Ben when they get married. The fake little Sebastian that they see, uh, Kurt Lurpus is also the handler for that horse. Uh, two more. There's Rachel Lurpus. She is the uh, fertility doctor that talks to uh, Anne when she wants to get you know have a, a baby. And then finally, Lalissa Lurpus, who is like the most insignificant one, just because I don't even think she has a line, but. They just decided, hey, we're going to make her part of the family. She literally walks into the scene in the episode Lucky where Tom, Ann, and Leslie are getting hammered. She's the bartender. Or not the bartender. She's the server. So she just drops them off. But anyway, so that's the Lurpus family. I just love talking about them because it's like it's just a fun Easter egg about the show. And also there are other Lurpus like sightings throughout. You'll see like the Lurpus moving company and like the Lurpus furniture store or whatever. But I do love too that like Lurpus Lurpus is spelled like piss P I S S. And um, for anyone who watches uh, how I met your mother shout out to um, 
what the hell's his name? Will Forte's character. Uh, I think it was like Stanley Warmpus. Like it was spelled like W A R M P U S. I think like, but it was spelled like Warmpus. And he could he started up a beer company and named it that and couldn't figure out why no one would buy it. So <laughs> ah, completely ridiculous. All right, so let's talk about season two wrapped. All right, so season two, and I, I feel like I said this a couple times. It was more so in like the teens, like the kind of, I don't know, like episodes 10 through like 20, maybe there was definitely some really good ones in there. One of my favorites, which was the possum and then the telethon. Actually, I think telethon was 22. So it was a little past them, but these episodes were just like, bleh. like not, not, and I don't, I sh- I'm going to, ret- I'm going to take that back. These episodes were more like they were there. They were funny We got not a ton of development always. I mean, like a lot of just like the show was still finding its footing. So I think a lot of the episodes in season two were just like kind of like, yeah, like filler almost. I mean, like on IMDb, there was a long string of them that were like 7.2 in between 7.2 and like 7.5, which on IMDb is good, but it's also like pretty average for good. I mean, like if you get something over an eight, it's like, all right, that's good. All right, so I'll start off. All right, best episode, in my opinion, is uh, either the possum, like I said, or the master plan, because the master plan is when uh, Ben and uh, Chris come in. Also, it's a, it's a very funny episode, don't get me wrong, but it's like, it, you almost want to say it's the best episode because this is one of, it's if not the most important thing that happens in the show when, when these two join the cast, so... Uh, it's awesome. My least favorite episode, I've talked about this a lot, so it's not a big shocker, Sister City. On IMDb, according to their um, ratings, the best episode is Hunting Trip, and the worst episode is Galentine's Day. Now, speaking of Instagram, I also reached out to you, my friends, my Pawnians, my fellow Pawnians. So I reached out on Instagram, on uh, Parks Rec Memes, and also at Citizens of Pawnee. And I asked you guys, let me know what your favorite and least favorite episodes were of uh, season two. And so everyone that um, wrote in, first of all, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. The best episode, according to you guys, is Hunting Trip. And the worst one, thank you. That's why I love you guys, Sister City. So Sister City has... One of the cringiest storylines and one of the cringiest characters in Raul, I'm not going to say his whole name, but played by Fred Armisen, who I love. I think Fred Armisen is hysterical, but this character is just too much for me. This would probably go down as my least favorite character in all of Parks and Rec as well. I know it's just a cameo, uh, but yeah. Uh, and, uh, speaking of cameos, some of the other big ones that happened this season. And now I'm talking about like one-off cameos. All right. So like John Larroquette, uh, episode 16 and Galentine's day, he played Frank, uh, Fred Armisen. Like I just mentioned, episode five, sister city was Raul. Will Arnett, episode 13, the setup. He played Chris, Andy Samberg, episode 19, park safety. He played Carl, Michael Gross, again, the dad from Family Ties. He's also Burt Gummer from Tremors. Uh, episode 20, Summer Catalog. He was Michael. Paul Shear, Episode 6, Kaboom, Keith Slertner. And then H. Scott Benjamin. He's the voice of Archer. He's also uh, the voice of like the guy who works at the video store with Chris and Family Guy. Uh, he was also in Episode 6, Kaboom. And he was uh, Andy's lawyer, Scott. So, so like, let me talk about some of like the, the arcs 
from this season. Like a, a really good arc was the pit. It got filled in. However, that happened very quickly. Um, I, I know like I can't seem to decide whether or not I fully like Mark or not, but I'm going to say that his arc was a pretty good one because he started off in season one and I know we're talking about season two, but Mark does, he's gone. So we can, his arc is complete. So we can talk about that. He started off as, I guess, like someone we were supposed to think was like a player, maybe a little bit sleazy, but you know, still part of the team. And I always thought Mark had great delivery. I thought, um, I don't know. I liked Mark a lot better when he was single. Uh, when him and Anne got together, it really turned into just him kind of being her boyfriend. But it was still kind of nice to see, you know, basically like almost like make us eat our words. It's like, all right, we're, we're going to see like a nice version of Mark because like at first. But but I mean, they, they kind of started him off like that. It's like they wanted us to not like this guy almost. So... Uh, I like Andy getting over April, I thought was like another really good arc, even though it seemed like there were still times like later in the, because he actually went up to Mark and Anne. I forgot what episode it is, but he's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to let you go. I will finally, you know, like stop interfering and everything. And then after that, like it was pretty much done. And that's when him and April finally started, you know, kind of like hanging out more and everything. But Andy would still, every once in a while, it's just like, wait, is he over Anne or is he not over Anne? So the fact that he is now 100% fully into April is awesome. And that doesn't, like, you don't, spoiler, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, Andy is completely over Anne. And <laughs> actually, her last episode, which is in season six, and I just made a meme about this on Parks Rec, uh, at Parks Rec Memes on Instagram, if you want to check it out. But it's where... Andy, everyone's saying their goodbyes to Anne, and Andy actually walks up to her and goes, Hey, Anne, he's like, I just remembered, we used to live together. Like, he was in love with her in seasons one and two, like, to the point where he was almost obsessed. Then by season six, he's so in love with April that he completely forgot that he used to live with Anne. It's just insane. And then uh, going along with that, I mean, just the start of Andy and April. So I guess I can't call this an arc because it's just starting. Uh, except, uh, it kind of ended almost, uh, when Anne kissed Andy and then Andy told April about it, but, um, obviously we're going to see more of that in season three. So some of the arcs that I was not a big fan of, a lot of the Leslie stuff, Leslie kind of got screwed over here. And I mean, with her, uh, relationships, she had Dave, she had Justin, she had Chris for one episode, the uh, not Chris Traeger, Chris the, uh, the 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 MRI technician or whatever, and it just it was. I wonder if the, they wanted to show you. It's like you know what? we're gonna put Leslie through the absolute worst because then she is going to get the absolute best, which is gonna be Ben Wyatt. So Dave Sanderson, Louis C.K. He was funny. He definitely was, but. It just didn't seem right. It didn't seem like anything that Leslie would ever pursue because he was kind of a doofus. And his delivery for everything, like, it, while it was funny, I think by, like, the, the last... And he was only in, I think, like, four episodes, maybe five. But there was a gap where we went, like, four or five episodes without seeing him. 
And it's like, that's kind of how he was. However, I understand how it works with cameos when they're going to have, like, multiple appearances. Like, you, you, they still have things going on. He had his own TV show for a while, so who knows what, what was going on. But I don't know. It just, again, didn't seem like a relationship that made any sense to me. Uh, Andy, or Andy, uh, Leslie and Justin, it seemed like it was going to be good. It really did for, like, the first episode. And then when you realize Justin was just kind of like a selfish turd, it was like, yeah. And then it's like... He, they almost, in that episode, Galentine's Day, they almost villainized him, like, to the point where we couldn't figure out what was wrong with this guy, and then Ron points it out, and it's like, oh, yeah, and then they just go really, really hard with it, it's like, all right, this is his last episode, but you need a reason for Leslie to break up with him, and Leslie really did like him, so I guess it hit, they had to kind of go hard. Um, to to make it believable. And then uh, Leslie and Chris, obviously, that was just a one-off episode, but just bad luck for Leslie, so that kind of sucked. Um, I know I talked about Mark, like his character, but Mark and Anne was just kind of a lame uh, arc. Uh, it's, it's, I talk about it all the time, so I don't really need to get into that one, but yeah, just again, he's him like kind of being her lapdog. Um, and then April and uh, her other boyfriends, who thank God she breaks up with. It was just stupid. Like, it was, I mean, it was, when she first introduced them, that was hilarious, because like, they, uh, April is dating Derek, Derek is dating April and Beth. So you have Derek in the middle, April on one side, and then uh, Ben on the other. And uh, but I but I guess April and Ben say that they make out with each other sometimes when they're drunk and when they're pissed off at, uh, at Derek or whatever. So, uh, but no, I it's no secret. I talk about it all the time. I hated these two characters. They were just like pretentious, and they they were so unlikable. They had a couple funny lines. I love the part when uh, Derek comes in at Anne's Halloween party, and he's like, they're like, oh, it's it's cool, man, that you did you didn't wear a costume. He's like, I did wear a costume, and he's like, I'm a straight white guy. And then Mark comes walking in, and he's like, see? And they, they're dressed the exact same way. So, uh, but yeah, they, so there was a couple good things. But overall, I just hated these two, and I was so happy when April broke up with them. So let's talk about some of the new characters that we meet in Season 2. There is a list. I know you guys uh, hate being read things, but uh, yeah, I'm just going to read them off because this is a wonderful list, and a lot of these are very impactful uh, characters. You got... Joan Calamezzo, obviously she is going to, um, she's going to be, uh, <laughs> at times, uh, more important than others for the most part. She's just there to kind of be like a pain in Leslie's ass. However, uh, she's an, she's a an amazing character. Uh, Marsha Langman, we haven't met her husband yet. We'll get to him. Uh, Ben, uh, April's boyfriend, like I said, we, we knew Ben and Derek, but we met Ben this season. We met, uh, Dave Sanderson, who I just talked about. Jessica Wicks, who uh, will become a pain in Leslie's ass <laughs> later on in seasons uh, like five, six, and seven more so. Uh, also, Ben will start working for her when he works for Sweetums. Uh, Trish Ianetta, we only see her like one more time, but it's nothing major. Denise Yermley, we'll see her a couple times. She's the one, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good. <laughs> uh, she's great. Uh, Councilman Bill Dexhart, we'll see a lot more. Perd Happley, we're going to see the most actually because Perd Happley is in 30 episodes. 30 episodes, folks. Now, we've already seen him in like two or three, maybe four, I don't know. Greg Pakaitis, oh my god, he's only, actually no, Greg Pakaitis comes back in one episode, he is dating the girl that Leslie's trying to like mentor, which is hilarious, because then Leslie hates her so much after that, uh, Tammy too, Tammy Swanson, uh, <laughs> big time player, also a fan favorite character, uh, Sewage Joe Fantringham, we meet 
Uh, also, Kyle from the Shoeshine Stand. Pathetic Kyle, the only person that uh, Jerry picks on. Uh, Councilman Douglas Hauser. Again, I just found out uh, a couple weeks ago that his first name is Douglas, so that was kind of fun. Justin Anderson. Again, Justin is Leslie's boyfriend. This is a big one, folks. John Ralphio Saperstein comes in uh, Season 2, and he is going to be one of the best recurring, ta- recurring characters on the show. We also meet Tanya of Sue's Salads, which I don't know if they ever call her Sue. Now, her name is Tanya the first time we meet her, which is in the episode Leslie's House. But on IMDb, she is only listed as Tanya. There's a couple people who appear in multiple episodes with different names. They'll tell you when, but she's called Tanya all the time. So Sue's Salad, I don't know where that name Sue came from. Uh, Barney, again, Barney Varmn, V-A-R-M-N. Nick Newport Sr., we don't see much of him, though. Uh, Gretel, she is uh, one of the the Pawnians. She's the one that, like, she uh, she famously uh, follows Ron Swanson when he's in the swivel desk. She's, like, running around it. And uh, actually, yeah, the one I uh, watched the other day, she's like, uh, there was a water fountain in Ramsett Park, and I drank some, and it made me sick. Like, it's just like, I, I forgot exactly what she said, but, yeah, she's the one that uh, later on she tells Leslie that she wants all the slugs gone from her front and then Leslie and April come and they put like coffee grounds down and Leslie's like oh it's a it's a safe way you know the slugs hate the smell but it it, it won't kill them and she's like I just said I wanted some of them gone not all of them gone we also meet Mel who is considered red-faced man this is again the actor's name is Mel Cowan and I'm pretty sure in one episode Leslie does call him Mel but uh he's credited as red-faced man he's the one that's always screaming like uh he's he's like at all the town hall meetings he's always yelling but he also uh when Ron calls him in dur- during 94 meetings he's like well it says here that you were yelling at kids and he's like who suck he's like screaming at him it's good stuff uh who else uh Freddy uh he's the manager of the snake whole lounge i don't know like what actually i mean i know he's the manager i don't know if he's like the owner or whatever uh he's in a couple episodes elise yarkton we meet we'll see her way later on in uh season seven uh who else we got uh martha leslie's real estate lady harrison brett the amazing duo over at uh, animal control uh and then we meet uh april's family larry ludgate rita ludgate natalie ludgate we'll see the parents one more time in um uh, Andy and April's fancy party, and then we'll see Natalie a few more times. Detlef Schrempf, you know, which is funny because he's one of the uh, the the athletes that doesn't. He's not just a cameo; he's in a few episodes. Love that. Uh, Lucy, who will go on to be Tom's uh, wife, and I feel like if you've seen the movie The Room, like how Tommy Wiseau, his character, and that always says like my future wife. He never says like my fiance. It's always just my future wife or my wife of the future. So anyway, that was weird. And then the two, the big heavy hitters, Ben Wyatt and Chris Traeger introduced in this season. And the dynamic of the show changes so much. And it just becomes like season, I don't, season one and two, like they're good. Definitely. Like season one is, it's, I don't know. I mean, like I would honestly tell people, it's like, you need to know what's going on. You need to meet these characters. But in all honesty, it's like, you can start at like rock show, like episode six and just kind of go from there, like start the series, which, um, when, when my wife, uh, well, she kind of tricked me because she's like, you know what? I, I, Parks and Rec is good. I'll, I'll, I'll start watching it with you. I, she watched like three episodes with me and then never came back. But, um, <laughs> It's, uh, she started on, um, like episode two of season three 
And I think you could just go tell people, that's fine, start with season three because you get Chris and Ben right off the bat because they're wonderful characters and they chose, like I said, I can't say it enough, they changed the dynamic of the show. Uh, we say so long to a couple characters, some of the ones we met, but we're not going to see them again. Uh, actually, we didn't meet Mark Brandanowicz, but again, he's done with the show. He will not be returning. Uh, Justin Anderson, uh, Again, Leslie's boyfriend, he is done. And then Nick Newport Sr., who was only in two episodes. Uh, we will hear him mentioned a few more times, but in season four, uh, we don't see him again, but he does die. So um, he's mentioned. All right, so I had to point out, though, what, in my opinion, was the funniest scene. And it's from the episode The Possum. I know I keep talking about this episode, but this might be why it's my favorite episode. And it is after... Andy captures, or he, uh, I said captures, he tackles Fairway Frank, or who they think is Fairway Frank, and then he does an interview with Sean Amalway Tweep, and just the way, like, Andy takes himself so seriously when he's doing this, and his delivery is just incredible. This is going to be a longer clip, um, but but it's worth it, so here you go. Oh, hey, Shauna. Hi, Leslie. Tweet from the Pawnee Journal. How could I forget? Hey. You wrote the article when I filmed the pit That's and then right. afterwards had sex with Mark and everyone talked about it. So you're on the golf course and you see Fairway Frank. Let me explain something to you, Tweep. When you're in a situation, you don't have time to think. So I thought to myself, don't think, Andy. Act. So you weren't thinking. Not at all. I cannot emphasize enough how little I was thinking. Were you scared? No, no, I wasn't. Well, I uh, I lived in the pit for the better part of last year and made some vermin friends. Um, you know what, friends sounds stupid. Colleagues. Uh, they are bad at sharing, but they are good at tag. Well, your family must be very proud. <laughs> what does your girlfriend think, uh, the nurse? Uh, I broke up with Anne. Yeah, shortly after she kicked me out and told me we wouldn't be together anymore. Just the whole thing with him calling these things his colleagues and saying they're good at tag. It's just so funny because Leslie and Tom and like Donna, they're watching this April too. Actually, April gets up and walks out uh, when when she uh, asks about Anne. But it's just so funny to me that he is taking himself so seriously in front of these other people. And they're all just looking around like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, you can actually hear what he said. He lived in the pit for over a year. You hear Leslie like scoff a little bit. And that's more so just because she's like, please don't put this in the journal. But yeah, that is my favorite, uh, my favorite scene from uh, from season two. So moving forward, a few things that we are going to see in seasons three and then, you know, four, five, six, and seven, uh, again, moving forward, uh, Andy and April, it ended on a sour note here with him telling her that Anne made out with him and her being pissed off. So spoiler, season three gets kind of annoying to start off because obviously April's pissed and she has every reason to be pissed off, but like, it just gets ridiculous. I mean, I'll get to it, but it gets, it gets a little annoying. It kind of starts being stretched out it's almost like jim and pam like will they won't they uh but anyway but yeah i mean obviously they will and it's going to be great when it happens but it takes a little bit uh leslie and ben obviously <laughs> they're they're already starting to flirt and whatnot and this is going to become one of the greatest but actually and i'm not trying to be biased but like some of the relationships on this television show i would say more so uh, leslie and ben and then andy and april like those two are just 
Chris and Chris and Anne is good, but it's not. It's nowhere near as strong as like these other two. So, uh, speaking of Chris and Anne, that will uh, they're they're gonna get together for a little bit, and then they will break up, and then they will eventually get back together like for good, which is awesome. So there's a lot of kind of on off, and their story gets hilarious actually, especially when Chris breaks up with Anne and she doesn't even know it. <laughs> That's one of the greatest things. Um, Ron and Wendy Haverford, which. Again, not a fan of this one because I don't like that Ron just swooped in and, and took Tom's wife. Not took her, I'm sorry. But, like, he swooped in and he went right after her. It just, it again, I, I talk about it all the time. I always say again, too. Sorry, that's annoying. Um, Ron is not that kind of person. He just doesn't seem like the kind of guy to me that would swoop in, uh, at least to a friend, and just, like, steal his wife like that. Uh, there's still some of Lot 48. I know we got it filled in and we've had a couple events go on there, but technically it has not, it still hasn't, you know, like Leslie wanted to turn it into a park and that still hasn't happened yet. So there's a lot to happen. So with Lot 48 and then uh, with just uh, Jerry and Donna in general, I mean, like we're going to, obviously their characters are going to get fleshed out way more. We got some uh, big things with Jerry in this one, like where Jerry got mugged, and then we also found out, you know, like Jerry's got this, uh, oh no, that didn't happen yet with the mumps, uh, but we don't know a, a ton about Donna just yet, we are starting to learn about Jerry, and they started giving him the, the kind of sad sack, pathetic, uh, clumsy guy, you know, so, um, yeah, so they're gonna be, they're gonna be pretty awesome moving forward. But yeah, that's about what I have for season two to talk about. Just things I wrote down that I wanted to discuss. I just, uh, I didn't want to jump right into season three immediately without just giving my final thoughts on this. Uh, season three, I will be starting next week, obviously, uh, with uh, Go Big or Go Home. Uh, I'm going to say right now, season three, in my opinion, is the best season. So we're going to have some awesome episodes. I have decided that the episodes that I already recorded, I am not going to pull those ones and put them on. I am actually just going to go ahead and re-record these episodes because they're so good. And because, uh, again, I did that those episodes a while ago, so maybe my thoughts and opinions have changed. But anyway, that is going to wrap up this episode. If you'd like to contact the show... Citizens of Pawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. Like I said before, next week I'm going to be covering Season 3, Episode 1, Go Big or Go Home. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation Podcast. My name's Brian, and I'll see you next Tuesday. That is not the graph. That's a picture from my vacation to Muncie. You went on a vacation and you chose Muncie, Indiana? Yeah. My wife and I have a timeshare. Eden Muncie? Tom, Muncie is a lovely 